What's up, everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 71 for October 15th, 2019. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Rock and Rocktober with the Wisdom Hour. Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. I, you said Rocktober. I forgot to say Rocktober. Why would so I, I not say Rocktober? There's no I other month rockin'. that rocks as hard as Rocktober. All right, everybody. How you doing? Nice to see you. We can't see you. Nice to hear you. Can't hear you either. Nice for you to hear us. But you know it's funny talking about rocks. When when I was a kid, we were, me and my buddy Tommy were in the back of my good friend Bob's pickup truck, and we, we wanted we wanted him to go and get rocks. So we were yelling. We were laying in the back of his cab and kicking the top of the. Uh, we were in the bed kicking the top of the cap, you know. So it was like this thunderous noise. And we we were yelling. I don't know if I can do it without getting in trouble, but I'm gonna try to. We were going rocks like as loud as we could possibly do it. And he was getting so pissed driving that he started going off roading like very high speed and throwing us around in the back of the truck. But oh, uh, that's my rocks story. Love so it. anytime I see my buddy Tommy from Florida, we, it's it's always rocks. Very cool. Love the rocks. His, his email was TP Rocks. Nice. TP. TP from my bunghole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. What's happening in the world of Cover Band Central, Steve? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. uh, Not much in the way of my... Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing going on as far as gig... That's not like an answer, dude. What's going on in Steve's world? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to think of what's going on in my world. Um, yeah, nothing with the gig thing. I'm still. I, I talked to Tracy uh, last week. Last week, and she's uh, still trying to kind of assemble a new band, which I will be a part of. But uh, uh, no progress made on that, which is actually okay still at this point because I'm working on CBC all the time, every day, and if I was out playing five nights a week, I would not have all the time to do what I've been doing. Um, Correct, not making huge strides in that area. Yeah. I did find out what happened, uh, if you remember, a few weeks ago, I, I mentioned that there was a guy who posted something on Facebook looking for a band, and I Sent him a message and then he never responded to me and I was all yes that uh, bastard I was all bent out of shape about it yeah I found out that the the thing that he was trying to put together never uh, transpired so it was it was a uh, moot but I didn't find out from him I found out from somebody else so to date he still has not responded to me and I don't expect he will because the thing isn't even happening anyway but uh, you know so whatever. Um, it still drives me crazy. Yeah, but you know what? You still the communication to get back. I mean, it's just being professional. You know, you would think. Well, you know that's gonna that follows you. You know, people are are gonna, you know, have to decide if they want to be involved in a situation like that, given the credibility of the person. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a credible person. Otherwise, you know, he's a really good musician. And I just found out, too, that he played with some some top well-known artists that I was uh, unaware of. Um, but I'm not going to plug it here. Um, so he he has some credibility. and yeah, you know, But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's common courtesy of getting yeah. back to people, that's all. Yeah, and speaking of, there was a, a band playing Sunday night here in New Orleans who I follow because they play, pretty much play covers, and they tour. Uh, they're called Brass Against, and, and they are um, primarily a horn band, that, but they have guitar player, and they have vocals and stuff, but they have, you know, this whole brass section, but they play hard rock songs, and they do their own sort of brass interpretation of them. And the, the name came from, is kind of a play on Rage, Rage Against the Machine, so they did a couple Rage songs, and they called themselves Brass Against. And then uh, they did, uh, they've done uh, uh, Tool and uh, Soundgarden, I think, or maybe uh, Audio Slave, um, and a bunch, a couple other like kind of hard rock songs. Really good, really good interpretation. So they were playing Sunday here in New Orleans, and. I saw that midweek last week that they were going to be here. And I'm friends with the guy, the band leader, on Facebook. Because when I first heard about them and saw their videos and stuff, I was like, I got to connect with these guys. You know, I, I run this whole cover band thing. You know, this is this is uh, right up that alley. And I sent him and probably a couple other people in the band a friend request. And he's the only one that responded and, and accepted my friend request. And so I saw they were playing in New Orleans and I sent him a message last week like wednesday i think and you know they're they're on tour it's a busy blah 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 but when you're on when you send a message on facebook you can see when somebody opens it and he didn't open it until you know a couple days later maybe friday um and again just did not respond nothing nothing back and and i you know sent him a very professional friendly short email saying hey you know i run cover band central i saw you're gonna be in new orleans it'd be great to meet you and maybe do like a quick interview or something and come see you play um you know since i run this thing and i'll do a feature on your band nothing and he he replied to you <laughs> that's pretty good uh Crickets, yeah. baby and the only thing i can think is like okay maybe he's aware of cover band central maybe he's not even but to him and probably to most people, it's like, oh, what the what the fuck is Cover Band Central? They're they're nothing. Like if I was Rolling Stone and I said, hey, we're gonna come do a feature on you, you know, I'm sure he would respond. But Cover Band Central, who's that? But you know what? He's gonna understand eventually when Cover Band Central is the biggest thing in the world, not the biggest thing in the world, but when it's the a lot thing in the Cover Band Central music world. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna say, hey, man, I should have taken that opportunity. He's going to kick himself, and then he's going to come crawling back to me saying, Steve, can you please interview me now? And I'm going to be like, no. And you, you're like, you if you bring your me a chance. box of pretzels, <laughs> and you can be here in 17 minutes, you're on. Right. A box of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we had a this booking agent, who, who I won't name, right? But it was when it was the outskirts, right? That, that long ago. And guy was booking us like crazy, dude. You may have even been to band. We were playing like Liberty Tavern and Union, and like we, the guy was booking us like like a lot. We probably played like at one point we were playing like 
a dozen times a month, you know? Right. Like every weekend, sometimes back to back, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Like it was crazy, right? So <laughs> I remember talking to the guy on the phone and him saying some absurd like thing with his contract, like, and then like, even if you guys aren't with me anymore for five years, I own your name and all this other stuff. And I remember saying to him, like, I dude, I don't know, like, you know, how anyone would agree to that. Like, that's insane. Like, how could you, you know, how could a reasonable person agree to that? And the guy, the guy's response was, well, I'm kind of taken aback at your, your, your tone with me. I really had never, had never had anyone question my contract or my method. So I'll tell you what, I have to investigate a couple of things in the contract. I'll call you back in 17 minutes. Be waiting by the phone. 17? So, 17 minutes. <laughs> exactly. 17. Call you back in 17 minutes. Be waiting for my call. Okay. We have a rehearsal studio, so we set the timer on the iPhone. And, <laughs> That's you know, right. This is 17 minutes. The countdown. So 17 That's minutes crazy. later, I don't remember if he called back or we called him, but however it worked out, he like wasn't ready to talk about it at that point in time. <laughs> but the guy was like a lunatic. So it ended up where... However, it was Steve, you know, negotiated the whole contract thing with the guy. He was, you know, the one that was like spearheading it. Whatever happened was if we were to continue, even after we stopped using him as a booking agent, we would continue to have to pay him like a percentage of gigs if we were still going forward with the, using the name Outskirts. Yikes. So that's why we had to change the name of the band to Weisenheimers. Oh. And we added Kelly came as as Chick Singer. And then that changed the lineup in the band. I did not know that. And Zach had left, and I think Anthony Pacone was in on bass. It was before. It was before you, I think. Okay. Because no. when you played with us, was it outskirts or why? Yeah, no, it was outskirts. So it had to okay, be then it was, that was prior to that. Then you play. You played with us prior to to that debacle with the booking guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I did not know that. So story. lesson learned: read your contract carefully and don't let, you know, someone who's not legally, uh, you know, well versed in contract language to to sign for in, on behalf of the band. Uh, who has time to read contracts? It's mucho. Yeah, I don't have time for this. It's fine. We're, we're playing a lot, man. We'll be gigging all the time. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it was intense, man. I, that guy was crazy. I just got a, a message <clears throat> on on the Cover Band Central page, and he wrote, so what's this all about? <laughs> the that's wisdom it. hour. That's, no, 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 the, the the Facebook page, not even, not the podcast. He's just, he says, so what's this all about? That's what he wrote. So I wrote back, what's what all about? And he just wrote me back. This cover band page, is it a site where a seeking player can search for a band to join? I'm going to say. Oh, he's looking for info. Yes. Yeah, this, but you don't. I, for all your cover band needs. Yeah, but like, I don't understand why somebody would send that message rather than just exploring what's available. I have links to everything here, and I have an explanation about what it is right <laughs> so there on the front page. That they say, there's I, can't, I have links to everything. I can't bother to read that. I'm going to send him a message. Dude, I remember, do you, you remember a bass player named Rich Rodriguez? No. 
So he's from West Patterson. He was a slamming bass player. He played Five Spring. He was very soulful, like almost like a um, Anthony Jackson type of, of guy sound, you know. He was very like very busy player, but very astute and you know very uh, technically uh, advanced. You know, for a bass player, he played like like a Billy Sheehan type of guy too. Like he was very diverse, you know. Okay. And I can recall him posting for a band. He's like, we're gonna post, you know, an, an ad in Aquarian for musicians, and it said like, it, it simply it was stated like. Top-notch musicians with pro everything seeking equal. Call this number. Seeking equal. <laughs> seeking equal. Professional musicians with, with no, <laughs> yeah, with pro everything. That was what it said on there. With <laughs> pro everything <laughs> seeking equals. Okay. Many many calls for equals, dude. Let me tell you what. Um, yeah, you know it's 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 such an ambiguous term like pro you know and it's, it's been know, so pro everything i mean not to be like but this is the same guy who had a ton of gear you know for his bass rig he had like two turbo sound 18s a, you know a, a, a 15 a 12 a tweeter like you know it was megatron wow yeah but great player man cool pro everything pro everything. As i was thinking you should just say to the guy i have links to everything in capital letters everything you know, I just went for the more diplomatic approach, and I said, have you explored around the page on the website? That will answer your question. Please send your inquiries to info at CBC. And that will be routed right to John's inbox. This There's got to be a link to the website right here on the page, you would think. I what know, is this all about, Steve? What, what, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what this is all about. You know, it's. Just, I don't know how to answer that? that question. I mean, I let me see what I write, what I wrote here, because sometimes you see I what I see. Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a there's a link right to the website right here, right on the front page. What is it all about? What is it all about? But let me see what I write wh wrote what it's all about, because I could just because there's a a section that you click on. <laughs> Called about. <laughs> <laughs> it's under right under home, and then the next thing is about. So if you want to know the answer to what is this, this is all about, click on about. It's not about face. Doesn't take you back a page. I mean, that's even very specific to an answer to his question, and that's where I should have gone. What is this all about? And then just direct what him is to this all about? direct him to the about. <laughs> Link, Go and that will the, answer what your question. What is this all about, Page? The full description of what it's all about. It's like saying going on a <laughs> restaurant page and saying, uh, "Where is the menu? What is this? Where is the?" Can't, where... That's like, dude. The what, what is what is the menu? What is the menu? Uh, click on the link menu. <laughs> the link to menu. Do people have such a funny perspective on things sometimes there was a guy parked on my job and this guy walked up to him and said are you moving anytime soon and the guy said to him <laughs> probably not man i just bought my house not too long ago and i kind of like the area my kids like the schools it's really good no dude your car oh yeah no <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i love the yeah no 
I use I use it in writing a lot too. Are you planning so. on moving anytime soon? Yeah. No, man, I love yeah, my yeah. house. <laughs> and then proceeds to tell them all about it. Right. I love the yeah no yeah no. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, do, no. I do that in writing. I, I, like sometimes, somebody just what is this all about? Day. Yeah. What do you have on the menu? Yeah. Why don't you take a look? <laughs> Click on menu. Right. And then ask me if I, what question. I think is good on the menu is a different question. Sure. There's lots of good questions you could ask other than what's this all about. But I do like the challenge of trying to explain what it's all about. I don't know. It's about musicians and stuff, playing covers, and the whole world of that. How do you say that? I don't know. I'm going to read how I said it. I I just had it up, and then I closed it. I said the number one page on Facebook for cover bands and musicians designed to educate, motivate, entertain, and inspire. Join our free website, www.coverbandcentral.com. That Go there it. now. That says it all right there. It's, it's right there. That is what it is. And you said that that is what it is about. And that's what it's all about. It's like the ho- hokey pokey, man. <laughs> that's what it's all about. You put your question in, you get the answer <laughs> out. You never have to ask what exactly what is this about. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so fantastic. I have to play something for you because this is making the rounds since last night and I nothing makes me laugh more than stuff like this. Um I'm going to we'll talk about it more after I play, but I'm going to play. It's only uh about a minute and a half, I think. Um, let me make sure you can hear it. Tell me if you can hear it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Give it a listen. It's very pretty. This is a um, three guys up on stage at a church, keyboard player, uh, a singer, and I believe this guy's playing a saxophone that's coming up here. Can you turn it up a little bit? Yeah, sure. Here, here we go. What did you think of that? It was beautiful. You you know what it is, dude? (laughs) That guy up there is probably so happy and so excited to be playing that part. Both those guys are. And it's going to make the rounds around the world as like like a mockery. You know, not really. You're crushing that dude who's, you know, so excited to play that and 
that's the best he can do, but he's in it, man. He's in it to win it. He was really in it. He was really trying. He's committed. He's the, committed to it. The video, though, is just, you see the keyboard player is is the closest to the camera, and then in the distance is this guy playing sax, and then right next to him is a, a singer who you, we don't get to hear. But the right. look on their faces, on the keyboard player and the, the singer's faces, <laughs> as soon as he comes in, is fucking priceless, man. He must be in the wrong key or just the wrong just zip code. The wrong, just you got to forward that to me, man. I got to check that out. Like, uh, is that I, on YouTube? It's it's on it's on Facebook. I share it. It's it's. I saw it last night, and it's got like a half a million views since last night, <laughs> and it's sure up to it like a million. Because I, I be... watched it like five times, I couldn't get yeah, enough it's of it. Blowing up in no time, dude. That's killer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You know, it's funny <laughs> not because I'm trying to make fun of this guy. You know, this guy. It probably can't really play, ever. Right, well, but he's yeah. up there on stage trying. He's up there on stage trying, he's, and it's not a paid gig. You know, you're at a church, you know, so you're trying to worship your deity, whatever your deity is. And, uh, I, I mean, it It almost seems like, it, it's hard to tell in the video, but it almost seems like they never played together before, the three of them. And it's just a little thing that they're That doing. guy may have never even played saxophone before that day. It, before, it may know. be. I mean, that's he. He gave it a good college try. He might be a guitar player. I don't know. Should explain, you know, why it sounded the way it did. But, but I, I watched it like five times, and it just gets funnier each time. I'm gonna jump right to the where, where he comes in. Nothing makes me laugh more than wrong notes. I, like if I'm hitting a wrong note, it's funny to me, or somebody else does. But it's so passionate. You ready? Feel it here. <laughs> the res- the restraint that this keyboard ha- player has is so funny. Uh, of trying to not react, you know, you could just see him. But is that an original song? Or is that supposed to be? I, I, don't, days I don't know. It's and he's got a music stand in front of him with no no sheet music on it whatsoever. But the keyboard player is fine. He's playing. He's doing good. He's playing the chord progressions probably. Then the singer, like about halfway through, right before it gets to that kind of bridge part, the singer grabs this the sax player's arm. Not really grabs it, but puts his hand around it as if to say, "Stop playing," or or, <laughs> or something. But he, he he doesn't say anything. But he just makes his he puts his hand right on his arm, like like no 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 stop. And the guy just completely like, get off me, man! Guy completely going. ignores him, and then that's where he, where he goes for it. And he tries to <laughs> he shrugs him off. And says, Stand back, buddy. That's where he like he tries to really bring it up because it's the bridge section, and he's trying to like, and it's just so bad. And it's but it's I love it. It's I love it. It's hard to see. Let me see if I can expand this. They're older people, you know. The, the keyboard player looks young, yeah. the, but the sax player guy looks old. Um. Oh, it's my How old? Dude, 70 old or like 90 yeah, old? Yeah, 60s, 70s maybe. It's hard to tell because it's very small in this on my phone here. But that's, <laughs> that, that's the impression I got. Um, and then that's one point where the, key, like, the keyboard player in the beginning, he, he doesn't, he restrains, he doesn't look. And then after he hears like another two or three bad notes, he, his head just jerks to the right, right at this guy. 
like as if to be like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he just, he knows he's not going to get any sort of uh, response from that. So he just turns back to the keyboard and focuses on his playing. And then another like 20 seconds or so through, he looks to the left directly at the camera and you can see on his face, he's saying, "Uh oh, this is being filmed. <laughs> and then <laughs> and turns now, his, and, and then turns his head back. Part of it. Yeah. He's and, now forever <laughs> going to be memorialized. And and then he turns his head back to the, to the keyboard and finishes. And I don't know if that's where the song was supposed to end. I mean, at church, you know, you do a little quick song like that. Um, but it, it it's funny. It would be funny if if he was just like, no, nah, I'm just ending it right here, man. This is supposed to go on to another another solo and whatever. Like, no, nah, I'm just gonna Dude, I can remember around. this crazy guy that used to follow the band around. And he gave the my guitar player Craig a tape, and he was like, "Dude, if you guys ever need a keyboard player, you know, give me a call. This is what this is my work." And it was the entire tape was carnival music, no vocals, no drums. It was like an electric organ. Oh, no. Every song was like... And then start over again. Like 45 minutes of that on each side of the tape to non-stop playing. And what kind of band was he auditioning for? I have it. Progressive progressive metal band. I guess he thinks, you know, let me show them that I can play a lot of notes because there's a lot of You know of when Dream Theater does like a carnival part? This is way before <laughs> Dream Theater was even alive. But you know what I'm saying? You know when Jordan has, does like a carnival, you know, part as a goof thing with the crazy synth sound yeah, yeah. at half miles an hour? That's what this dude was doing all the time. All the time. With no change in sound. It was that only that sound. Oh, and really? that was it. Really? It was like a Casio. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah killer i have it somewhere i have that cassette somewhere that's great in the archives we've all seen many multiple uh, i'm sure you've auditioned or had people come to bands but but let's back up a minute so what that 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 is what you displayed is an example of you know one thing there maybe the guy's like we said he's playing in the wrong key whatever what have you come across ever someone playing in the wrong key on a song and and being there the whole time I, to where you had to either stop the song or get the guy's attention to be like dude yeah definitely i can't think of any specific instance when that happened but definitely it has happened i mean it's happened with me where i was playing in the wrong key too um <laughs> I, it's a, a many times where I was playing in the wrong key. Like, I'm just like, oh, wait. But usually I notice it. Sometimes if it's, like, if it's a half step, sometimes I don't notice it right away. And you would think half step you would notice because it's so dissonant, you know, the, the one against the other. Um, but sometimes, like, it's so loud. I was reading about this recently, too, about, because I've been, my tinnitus, I got tinnitus bad, man. And lately it's been, it's been bad. Like the last couple of nights, I've, it's been louder. I've noticed it more, um, and mm. it's weird because I haven't had I haven't played a gig in two months. Um, but um, you know what happens once it gets your attention, then you like you start to focus on it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you know, yeah. but if you're distracted by other things, you don't really, it's, it's, you don't realize it's there. Yeah, but sometimes if you're in a, a loud environment and you're playing, um, you know, you're on stage and you're playing loud, sometimes you can't even hear the, the the tonic. Like it swirls around so much that you're like I've been in that situation a lot where I'm like trying to hear the tonic because I got to sing a harmony coming up or, or something, and I just can't hear it. Like I can't even hear what my note my bass is playing. Um, like so uh, I've done that where like uh, I saw, there's a song like, like uh, The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson um, I've played that before in F and I've played it in E um, and there was a time you know within the last couple of years I can remember that where they were playing it in E and I was playing it in F for like half the song <laughs> nobody said anything <laughs> and i'm like and i finally noticed i'm like something sounds a little weird here i'm like looking over at the keyboard player oh he's playing e oh oops and i just switched it right there yeah you just auto correct it but you're still playing the correct notes you're just down well in the yeah in that case i was a half step up but yeah um but yeah happens all the time happens all the time to the best of them you know I can remember playing a gig. We used to play to a sequence track, and it would trigger like a rack mounted like keyboard, like Korg. Uh huh. And it would it would work great. We had it down to science. You know, we were able to go in and out of songs and you know different orders of stuff, and we had it all 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 down pat. So one night we decide, hey, you know, Craig's going to stop the sequencer at the beginning of his four bar drum break. And I'm going to extend the drum break for a little bit, like do a solo for like a minute, you know what I mean? And then look back at him, come back in with the fill, and then he's going to click it back in again, and we're going to be we're going to be right on the money. So right. we do the whole thing. He snaps it back in. We come back in on the downbeat. It, dude, it's locked in. It, it, it worked. It's phenomenal. It, it, it sounded great. Like it was flawless. Uh, wait a minute. Now we're like two measures, and it's, it, now it's the click is not lined up with the keyboard anymore. It's starting to drift. Uh-oh. So somehow that whole sequence track, because it was paused and then restarted, the click started and it came back in in the right spot. But over the course of measures, it, it drifted off the click. So it was no longer like first it was off like a half a beat. Then it was like, you know, somewhere in the middle. Then it was two and a half beats ahead. And then to the point where we had to turn the sequencer off. Yeah. Because it was just becoming disasterville. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, man. When I've been in that situation too with the sequencer, and it yeah, no like, escape from that. There's no way to recover. <laughs> there is, there is no way to recover. You have to just There's stop. No recovery happening there. Yeah, you just have to stop. I, I've been in that situation a bunch of times. When I was uh, probably like five, six years ago playing here, we were using a sequencer um, that I was doing off of my an iPod. I had them all on my iPod and. Um, and I would just hit play for them, and yeah, there there were, and, and the drummer would get the click fed in his, you know, his headphones, and we would hear the sequence out front, and then the monitors too. And it worked well, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes it was like ah, abort, abort, <laughs> it's that's it, run away, <laughs> it's not working. You know, for five or six years we played consistently with that thing, and that was the only time we ever had to abort or had a disaster with it. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was it was it was on the money for you know. Outside of that, and then we used to also do, you know, when we did covers as Mister Personality, we used to do all sequenced 
heavy covers from that era of like, um, you know, the whole 90s era. So think of like the White Zombie, the Nine Inch Nails, Filter, um, you know, all kinds of really heavily uh, sampled and processed. And we would lift it right off the album and then trigger it live or use the sequence live. So it would sound exactly like the record. Right. You know what I mean? And that was that was killer. That was one of my favorite bands to play in, without a doubt, because we recreated, or, or, you know, every song that we covered, we recreated, you know, sonically and, and note for note. Wow. That's yeah, cool. That, and it was a challenge. We had, you know, hundreds of hours into the sampling and programming and lifting it. Because, you know, you had to create the track, right? So if you were doing like, I don't know if you're familiar with the song Reptile by Nine Inch Nails, but yeah. it's almost like money, like it's by Pink Floyd. It's got like a camera in the beginning. It's like, and has this like re- repetitive pattern, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So we had to lift that sample and then quantitize it and put it in time, and then that became the bass track. Okay. And it, 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 if you ever hear the song, it's really killer hmm. to reproduce it that way live. And we had like at that time a sound guy who would bring mega sound system with you know us to every gig. Right. So it was always mammoth sound. Like, you know, it was just, that was a lot of fun. I I miss playing in that band. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. The same guys from Eye of the Storm. It was just sort of alter ego as a cover band. Right. Mr. Personality. That's right. Cool. I like that. Um, Stand-up comedian. So we've talked about it off air a lot about what's going on in your your musical situation. But do you want to, uh, you want to tell the folks out there? Or you want to talk about it some more, or give me an update yeah, on so it? Yeah, so like or... you know, for well, you know, it's funny that you say that because like, you know, I when I was an eye of the storm, it was a band, right? Like it was equal everything. So if we gigged and we're original band, everyone would show up. We would load the truck. We would drive to the gig. We would unload the truck, set everything up, play, end of the night, break everything down, load the truck, drive it back to my house unload it right then and there. You know what I mean? That was Eye of the Storm, you said? Or Mr. Yes, okay. right. And then park the truck. Right. Original band. So it's true, like, everyone pitched in. And we had, you know, we also had two or three guys, depending on who was available, to help. You know? Like road crew guys. We had laminates for them with little lanyards. You know what I mean? It was, it was cool. We made it, like, a lot of fun. So it was always just a, like, band environment. Then we did Mr. Personality. It was the same thing. You know, we rehearsed the same places. You know, very seldom did we just all arrive at the gig because we would be rehearsing. So we always had a full, uh, a full rehearsal space set up. You know, right. always at my house, right? Drums, PA, right. vocals, like full, full on. You know, subs, sure. mains. You know, practicing at like stage volume all the time. And it was camaraderie there, and everyone respected each other, and it was a lot of fun. So then we did Mr. Personality, like I said, I the Storm, Mr. Personality. Then when I first joined Outskirts, it was the first band that I had played with. Because remember, I played, you know, I the Storm, between I the Storm, Mr. Personality, that was a good, you know, all, like 15 years of bands there. Sure. So then when I went back and then played with Outskirts at the same time I was playing with Mr. Personality and I the Storm, uh, when I joined that band, that was the first band that was more, you showed up with your stuff. 
You know what I mean? And no, we didn't. Re- we rehearsed at a rehearsal studio. Right. We didn't rehearse at anybody's house. And then we would, you know, all drive to the gigs separately. Get there. You set your own stuff up. You break your own stuff down. There wasn't much other gear. We usually had a sound guy back then. And then it was also, you know, from the beginning of that band, it was. Um, Bill Mann was on bass when I had joined the band, and then he left. And then I think Zach replaced him, and then he left, and then you replaced. No, no, and then there was another guy, Lou, for a little while, then he left, then you replaced Lou, and then you left, and then Anthony Picone from Lurker Park came on, and then... Now, wasn't it Kel after me? No, no, and then he left, and then Kel came on after that, and then Kel was in the band up until last year when he went with Mr. Lovejoy. Right. Um... So if you think about that, it's a lot of guys that have come and gone in the band. And then even aside from that, then we had Ed Kelly was in the band when you were in the band, too. You know, we had Ed no. Girls, Girl Sing. No, Kelly wasn't in the band when, when I was in the band. She joined right after I was out. Okay, so then that was with Pacone was on bass, and then yeah. Kel came after him because Kelly was still in the band when Kel came because they were both Kel, Kel and Kelly. Right. And then Kelly left, and then Shuley came on board. So the band had a lot of iterations in between there, you know? Right. But for 17 years, it was me, Jimmy, and Steve. Right. So as you can imagine, for 17 years, you know, it's been it's, – it's, it started – you know, it's always been a great band musically, sonically. You know, we always sounded good, and there was always camaraderie there. But I can see now. So after 17 years, so I, I'm I'm not I'm no longer playing with the with the Weisenheimers. So it, it has just come time where I can't be in the situation anymore. For you know, for more than one reason, I'm still friends with most everyone in the band. But it turned into it was always a democracy, or at least it was always. Um, it's been this. It was the same lineup before Kel left for probably almost ten years, maybe nine years. I'm gonna say, because you've been in New Orleans now, what eight? No, nine. Over nine years now, I've been here. Yeah, it was just before, just before I moved here was when the last time I saw you guys, um, because Steve, I think, because then like maybe Anthony wasn't working out or something, um. Or uh, we, do you remember that we we got together? It was me, you, and Steve. We got together at a bar on twenty three. Um, it was like somewhere around there, and, and we talked about. Yeah, it. I do. And, I do remember that. And that was at. Um, I don't remember the bar. It was just like a we got together for a quick beer or two, whatever it was. Um, yes, <clears throat> it was twenty three. It was. Um, it's changed names a couple of times. I don't remember the name of what it was. Yeah. but I know but, exactly. It was. Um, Rupert's or Rudy's or something. Yeah, but we got together and Steve had asked me like if I was would be interested in coming back, um, and uh, that's when I was really seriously contemplating the the move to New Orleans and and I told him that and then it was like oh well okay, uh, you know obviously that's not going to work so whatever, but uh, yeah so you're not in the band and uh, yes yeah, so after all that time so 
Long story short, real long story short, <laughs> what it just comes down to, you know, it, it became more of a dictatorship, you know, in, in my opinion of this is what we're doing. Um, you know, like we were bringing in other singers, which is great, you know, to add, like we would do, you know, private party gig, right? So we would bring in horn guys, we'd bring in a, a, an extra guy, ma- male singer. Right. And it just became where it was like, okay, well, when the singer's there, like he's singing everything. So like you're not singing any more songs while he's here. Like he's going to sing all the songs. Uh-huh. Not like asking like, hey, let's talk about this. You know, like this is what we're doing. This is how the money's getting split up. This is how it is. Right. Okay. So I just, you know, I don't agree with it. And, you know, I, I can't be a part of it anymore. Right. You know, which is sad because I, I miss, I'm going to miss playing with my friends, you know. But, however... There's just, and I can understand when you watch like a behind the music or something like that with like Van Halen or any of these great bands that ended up where they just split up, like even Deep Purple, you know, like when they blacklisted Richie Blackmore, you know, like if you watch the videos now, like he's <laughs> doing the guitar solos, he's, it's, it's like the camera's on somebody else. They totally black them out of everything. Right. That's so it's, I think it's terrible to have that kind of animosity, but I think everything runs its course too, you know, and there's something in your life feels toxic or doesn't feel right to you and you don't really believe in it, you can't do it. Agreed. Yeah, you know, it's just my opinion. That that that's how I, I have to approach it. Agreed. And good, bad Agreed. or indifferent, you know, and you have to respect people and you have to talk to people with respect and you know, people lose their temper, but it's just, you know, you, you gotta know what where where the line is to be crossed. And if you cross it, you have to realize that you may not go back. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It, it's tough, man, because the relationship with musicians uh, is such a, a a complicated one when you're friends too, and and then you're friends with your the other person's family, and you know then with you, and you have such a long history and and blah blah blah. It it does make for. I think it's something that that is to be to be cher- um, to be valued and to be cherished and and celebrated, um, and and I you know I agree. Like I've I've been in that situation sort of. Um, not, you know, I was in a band where I was let go and I was, I was really kind of treated rudely about it. And, uh, but I wasn't, I, I didn't have that kind of history that you had, um, with, with your band. Um, but it came around and it took a couple of years, but it came around back to where they came back and were like, Hey man, you know, we, we were not cool to you and we're sorry. And you want to come play, uh, you know, a gig with us. Um, and that was sort of a redeeming uh, feeling for me. And it was, so you never know, you know, like I don't, I know the rest of the guys in your band and I can guess only why that happened. Um, but I like to give people the benefit of the doubt too. But of course I wasn't the one that was party to the, to the, the venom thrown at you. <laughs> And if you don't agree with something, you have to you have to challenge it, you know. And some people have a problem with that. Yeah, can't be my way or the highway, or it's it's the highway, and you got to be prepared, you know, when you throw down the gauntlet like that, that it's going to. You, you know, the, the, your mind's already made up. Like the decision's already been made. You know, you don't typically tell someone you're going to do something, you know, unless you've already thought about it very carefully. Yeah, and I think that was probably the case in that situation. 
I don't know. But, but like I said, it's just, you know, it's um you're right. It's an interesting relationship with especially when you're in a band because you know, it's it's you know, you're you're dating three, four, five other people, right? Because that's basically what you're doing. You're trying to keep, you know, there's like I said, there's bands and then there's ad hoc bands, you know, where you're constantly changing personnel. Like I said, when I played between Eye of the Storm and Mr. Personality, you know, it was the same amount of time just about that I played in Weisenheimer's, you know, even though there was a parallel path there for a little while. But I'm still friends with all those guys, you know, like my brothers, you know, like we have a bond that will never be broken because we played, you know, hundreds of gigs together, you know, in a short amount of time. And we, you know, we, we wrote, you know, incredible music together and clicked and we just, it was, you know, a great time and a great experience to look back on. But that's also when you're in a band, you know what I mean? Like it was, and believe me, we fought and had battles too, but we never, you know, insulted people or disrespected them to where they would want to quit the band. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's the crossing the line thing that you're talking about. Just, you don't, don't insult other people and don't, you, you don't need to be coarse with things. Like if you've made a decision, a business decision, then just make it and don't make it personal. But I mean, it was even like today I saw a thing on Steely Dan. It was on the radio and they were saying like, you know, how do you classify Steely Dan? Are they the greatest band to meld jazz into a, pop rock you know culture is it you know more ear candy and they kept saying like it was an ad hoc type of band because it was always you know rotating drummers and rotating players you know session musicians all very capable you know killer guys but different players on every album right and then different guys on tour too you know right that's to me is not a band you know right yeah I, i get it it is, but it's not. That's all. So, you know, and, you know, the exciting part about the whole thing is now, it's really two things, too, is that I have time now because both my kids are in college, so me and Karen get to do all kinds of stuff now, you know? Right. Like, yes, four weekends I've gone out and d- we've gone out and done stuff or traveled somewhere, you know, where if I was gigging, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. And then Cole's been coming home from school on the weekends and writing music. So he's writing, like, a, a whole album of original material. Oh, cool. So he's playing the bass and the keyboard, and then I'm coming up with drum parts that either he plays or I play, depending on, you know, how it works out or what it feels like. That's great. Yeah, you can always find the positive. That's, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. I'm excited to write some original music mm-hmm. with Cole over the next six to eight months, you know what I mean? And cool. and jam with him, and, you know, I like I said, Craig come over and jam on guitar, me, me him, and Cole. Uh, we pulled out some old original stuff, and just jammed on some covers and played some Rush and just had a good time and had fun with it, you know? Right on. Yeah, I mean... Yes, yeah, so I'll be it's... like Steve, you know, Witchell, cover band central. <laughs> I'll, I'll play with the elevators here and there. I'll play with this guy here right, and there. Yeah. And I'll sub the wedding over here, you know? Yeah. So I'll have some good good stories now because it'll just be, you know, random situations. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, uh, we're all faced with things like this that are, are difficult or uncomfortable. And it, you just it's a choice and how you're going to deal with it. You make that choice and, and you stick by it and try to make that choice based on your own integrity and, and um, make it out of love and then it works. So, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be staying in a situation where somebody was cussing me out and telling me what's whatever. Well, even uh, you said like talk with, you know, with toxic gym situation too. Yeah. People are just toxic. Okay, yeah. There's just, you know, if it's like oil, you know, if it's like oil and water, that and then, you know, it's only going to last for 
16 or 17 years and something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, eventually it all comes. You know what it is, too, dude? You get older, you just, you know, you don't have time for people's bullshit anymore, quite frankly, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Like and, it's not beneficial and it's not, you know, effectively making my life better or, or bringing me any happiness, then I just don't have time for it. Yeah, pretty much. And Too many other things, that, and, you know, that, that I that do demand my attention that I should be paying it, you know? Yeah. And shit comes around, man. It always does. It's just the way things oh, work. Yeah. So you just let let it be. You know how that works. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, but good stuff, man. Like I said, <laughs> studio up and running and recording through the board. and It's it's, uh, it's exciting. It's a fun time right now. I don't even know if we talked about it after I was there, but your drum set is just insane, man. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. The, the amount of stuff that's in there and... Uh, I I I told you, yeah, you need to do like like a HGTV kind of style video tour of your drum set because you could do that for a half. Oh hour. yeah, for sure. You can make a half. Well, hour I told show. you, Cole did that that HGTV kind of tour of of the studio drum room, uh-huh. and he sent it to Drumio, and he, he won the, uh, the the like drum cave contest that they had, and he got a whole bunch of prizes. What is Drumio? Drumio is a huge drumming um, website, you know, with all videos and of, of all different you know, things, but all things drum. That's so it's just Drumio. I love the, the age we live in, man, where you could just come up with, somebody could just come up with an idea. Drumio. I'm going to call it Drumio. No, Drumio. Right. Drumio. Yeah, Drumio. Drumio. Uh, look it up, man. I'm looking it's, it up right it's now. It's like it's no different than like drummer Drum world where you can look up any drummer and oh, the guy's got I'm just, bios and I'm lists fat. of albums that they've played on and you know tours they've done and current drum setup and videos. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I'm just fascinated by the word itself, drumio. Drumio. I'm, well, I'm making up this word, drumio. Oreo. It's an Oreo cookie, but it's a drum. 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 Drumio. Oreo. How would you say that, drumio? <laughs> Is there a bassio and a guitario and a and a <laughs> And a, or an E-I-E-I-O? And a xylophonio? <laughs> Drumio. Saxophonio? There should be. Clarinetio. Right, because E-O is great. That's a great... Because it's, it's like Oreo. Oreo cookie. What else exactly. is E-O? Oreo. Drumio? Or Oreo. Yodaleo. <laughs> Chief Big Wheel. Drumio. But, um... I'm just yeah, so anyway. That word. The, That's great. I would equate the drum set to saying to you... If I gave you a coloring book and five crayons, you, you or I gave you a coloring book with a hundred crayons, what kind of picture could you color me? Uh, what? <laughs> what are my options again? If I give you a coloring book, coloring and I give book. you five crayons. Five crayons. Or I give you a coloring book with a hundred crayons. Uh-huh. What kind of picture can you color for me? Sounds like a trick question. Well, no. If you have the five crayons, you'll have to be very specific about what you're going to use those colors for and how you're going to shade it. You're going right. to have to. I would, yeah, I would pick the five because I don't, there's too many choices in the, the hundred. Right. But if you have a hundred colors to choose from, now you're talking to Mega Kit. You have a power <laughs> of a hundred sounds. Right. So you can build any type, anything that you want. Right. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's... You don't have to use them all at the same time, you know? Yeah, sure. 
but that the options you have, you know, the the sonic. It's options. just it's such a, it's a playground. It's a drum playground where yes, it's what you got. Playground. You got monkey bars and slides and and, and lights and it's got a hundred over a hundred sounds on it. It's incredible and lights. Yeah, it's 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 a work of art for sure. That's why you need to do that video tour of that thing. That's a that's a good idea. I'm gonna have to do that. Do that. Just you can do it with your phone or do, you know get a nice video camera and just do a east wing, the west wing, <laughs> the central hub. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> right. Give each part a zip code. Yes, upper the upper tier <laughs> and then yeah. the mezzanine level. Yeah. If you shot it right, you could make it look like that. Like it's. Oh yeah, no, like it's and in, it's set up that way if you really think about it. You it, know, it's oh, got it a sure. high, a mid, and a low, and then it's got all the you know different things in those levels. Yeah, if you shoot it right, you make it look like it's an entire city of drums. Built my drum village, and then you know, like shoot it and narrate. I would love to do it. If I was up there, I would do it. I would shoot it, and then we would edit the film and have you narrate it and put in some <laughs> cool music. But you know what's killer about that, dude? Two things I'll tell you real quick. I've had parties at my house where my neighbors come over and friends come over and people come over and, you know, some don't play any instruments at all. But if we go down to the studio, everyone plays the mega kit. Sure. You know, two, three at a time. Some people sitting down, standing up. There's, you know, because you see how it's broken up. You can have two people playing, you know, the same thing on, on, on one set like that, you know. It's... Did I ever tell you the story about the... Uh, Saturday Night Live jacket? I don't know. All right, listen, this is a great story. I may have told it once before, but I'll end Wisdom Hour with this. This is this is inspirational, and this is super cool. Okay. So real quick, because we were playing at this, uh, this cafe bar. Uh, had been a venue for original music for a long time, you know, many years. And it was just succumbing to the fact that they, he didn't, they didn't want to have cover bands, you know, at that time. They wanted an original music scene. And they were struggling to stay open, so they were going to close down after, say, 10 years. It was the, the bar was closing. So in the waning months of the last, you know, hurrah, we played there. And I brought a version of the Mega Kit. Not the Mega Kit, but, you no. know, a, a significantly large drum set that took an hour and a half to set up. Okay. Because we were playing this, you know, gig, and mic'd and PA, whatever. So in the middle of the evening... You know, Maddie was my friend, was the owner of the bar. So in the beginning of the night when we got there, he had the Saturday Night Live black denim jacket on. Really nice. It was embroidered in the back. It's big logo. I said to him, that's a really nice jacket, dude. And he said, oh, thanks. He said, I got it from my buddy of mine. Got it for me. It's, it's, do you like it? I said, yeah, it's, it's sharp. Looks good on you. And then, you know, night went on and we would always play and then we'd break down and then he would lock all the doors and he'd cook us like steak and eggs and we would drink and hang out till like five, six in the morning and then go home. It's always a good time. So anyway, he's a drummer too. So I played this part came and I'm doing drum solo. And I told the guy and say, I said, go get Maddie from behind the bar and have him come up on the stage. We're going to do like a double drum solo. Right. Mm -hmm. But as I'm playing, I'm telling this. So I keep going. He brings Maddie up. I give Maddie a pair of sticks. He pulls a pair of sticks out of a stick bag. We're jamming out. Me and him do a double drum duet for like five minutes. Wow. Awesome. Great time. Place is going wild. Everyone's going crazy. He, he ends up, he's done. He hops down. He goes, he runs back behind the bar. Play the rest of the gig. Night comes. End of night comes. It's the same thing. 
pack up. No steak and eggs, though, because it was he was going somewhere the next day. So it was the night before Thanksgiving. So he was going someplace for Thanksgiving. End of the night comes. He comes out in the parking lot, and he's all choked up, and he get and he has the black denim jacket, and he takes it off, and he hands me. Says, I want you to have this jacket. And I said, I'm not taking your jacket, dude. I said, you just told me you just got it. He goes, no. He goes, you have to take it. I said, I'm not taking it. He goes, listen. He goes, this is why you have to take it. He goes, Bruce Springsteen is my childhood friend. Going to his house tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Wow. He gave me this jacket because he went on Saturday Night Live last week, and they gave him the you know swag. And then I was at his house hanging out, and he said, listen, Maddie, take this jacket because I can't possibly keep everything that everybody gives me, you know, because it's just a lot of stuff. And he said, so I want you to have this jacket. And he said, well, thanks. He said, well, but I, I don't, I don't know. Take your jacket. He said, well, you know what? Take it and give it to someone that you think deserves it. Wow. So the reason he gave it to me was a, I complimented him on it at the beginning of the night, but at the end of the night, he said, as he was leaving the bar he had taken the sticks with him and left them on the counter when he did the solo when he was leaving the bar he said he turned the light off in the bar and he was thinking to himself i this is the first time in the entire years that he owned the bar that he actually played music in his own bar in front of a crowd wow. and he said when he turned the light off the street light was shining through the window on the sticks on that he left on the bar. <laughs> and he went and he grabbed the sticks and he said, I'm keeping these sticks. I'm giving you this jacket. And I said, you got a deal. Wow. So that's my story. That's fantastic. Yeah. That was awesome. That is on all accounts. And I still have the jacket. I, I hope so. And then I went to the, I went to a gig like a week later for para windows, rush, you know, band rush tribute band, Joe Bergamini played in. And um, Joe, who's the lead singer, worked for Saturday Night Live. And I had that jacket on. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, how do you have that jacket? Because I don't even have one of those. And I'm like, hey, you know, I know people. I got it from Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's what I told him. He's like, oh, man. He's like, he was just on. He's like, oh, dude. Yeah, me and the boss, you know, we were chilling. And... But, yeah, he was so, like I said, Maddie was best friends with Bruce and He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, the car stuck out in the swamps of Jersey. He's like, my car. I had to get the tow truck and pull it out. Ugh. Yeah, great, great stories he used to tell us, man. All kinds of, you know, cool stuff. But he said Bruce is like, great, you know, best friends of his. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, excellent way to end things here. Yes, yeah, so it was very inspiring, very, very cool stuff. So see, so drummers out there, don't be afraid to bring a mega kit because good fortune will come your way. There it's you worth go. it. There you go. The mega kit is magic. Magic mega kit. Takes two hours to set up, but it's worth it. Yes. Um, very cool. Um, folks out there, I put out an article on Caravan Central the other day of a list of the 25 best Halloween party tunes for uh, that you can play in your cover band. There was, yeah. no, there was no list out there like that uh, for bands, and I was like, man... There should be. I'm going to make one. So I did. And it's on CoverBandCentral.com if you want, if you need ideas to play for Halloween. And then we can talk about it next week. Halloween's coming and we'll talk about it. Do you know what's on that list? 
Do I know? Of course I know. I made the list. Is Warren Zevon make the list? Yes. We're going to talk about it next week, my friend. We're going to uh, yeah. do a nice little Halloween episode next week, talk about stuff like that and Halloween memories and stuff like that as Very well. Cool. Well, Doctor. actually, Steve, no, next week is the 21st. The following week would be... Yes, but... Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's yeah, Halloween okay. all month as far as I'm concerned, so... Let's let's Rocktober. It's Rocktober and Halloween. So we'll talk about it next week. Carvancentral.com. Go there, create a profile for you or your band or both. You can do it. It's all free. And tons of resources on there. We're adding new stuff every day now. And uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash Central. That's where we're on uh, our page and the group and blah blah blah. You, you know the deal. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.